Welcome to BSD Talk number 151. It's Thursday, May 29, 2008. I have another interview from BSD Can 2008 for you, so here it is. Today on BSD Talk, we're speaking with Sean Cody. Welcome to the show. Hello. And you're a participant here at BSD Can 2008. Yep. And also a BSD user. So I thought I'd, I'd talk to you a little bit about your use of BSD, both in your personal life and your work life. So. Maybe you could just start with what you do and, and how you use BSD yourself. I have a degree in computer science from the University of Manitoba. It took a long time to get because I did it part-time. Um, and during that time, I was just getting into the whole Unix world. We started out using Solaris in the labs, and it took literally 15 minutes to log in. So it was like, how are we going to do something better? So I ended up finding a Linux variant and setting it up to do remote X. Um, so a friend, Chris, he introduced me to OpenBSD, and I immediately took to it. Um, it was simple. Um, it was everything that that Linux variant wasn't, and it's been a long road since then. I used it professionally at my current job as a senior systems administrator at Frantic Films VFX. I use it for our web hosting servers in a side business doing subsistent web hosting. Basically, it just pays for bandwidth for me. And yeah, I like OpenBSD. And OpenBSD has a lot of well-known workloads that you hear about. Mm-hmm. Are you using it in a lot of those traditional workloads, routing and firewalls? I use it for everything but file servers. Um, I can't get the performance out of OpenBSD that's required at my, my place of business. So if I can't do it in OpenBSD, there's a very small chance that I can do it in something else. So for file servers, I'll use FreeBSD, but for every other role, I use OpenBSD. And maybe for the listeners, you could give a sense of the size of your file systems and and the amount of traffic that you generate. I mean, obviously, in a visual effects studio, you have some pretty large files that you're moving around. Yeah, I maintain three offices in North America. Winnipeg is our main office. Uh, and then also Vancouver and Los Angeles. Currently, we have 100 terabytes of data. 70 of it is in Winnipeg. The other 30 are distributed to Vancouver and Los Angeles. Each of the offices are connected via OpenBSD IPsec tunnels, and we push a lot of data. Um, We transfer a lot of data in between the offices, doing 10 to 30 gigabytes a day. Uh, that's just inter-office transfer. Internally, we do in the terabits. Of that 80 terabytes in Winnipeg, we have a change rate of approximately 20%. So that's that data being overwritten with new renders or new source material. For our file systems, we use FreeBSD and Threeware controllers uh, with a bunch of disks in them. Uh, that turned out to be the best option for us because as one of the principals of the company says, well, we have champagne tastes on a beer budget. And at the time, a few years ago, when 200 gig disks came out, we weren't able to build a large multi-terabyte file system for 
a reasonable amount of money. Like you had the sand systems and those were just way, way out of our price range. We couldn't do it. So FreeBSD came to our rescue and with the three-wire controller, we had two terabyte volumes and we went from two terabytes to about 20 um, using the three-wire controllers, exposing all kinds of fun bugs in FreeBSD especially sysinstall, which is horribly broken for anything greater than a terabyte, or even equal to a terabyte for that matter. And the EM uh, network controller, pushing that to its limit, uh, caused a lot of interesting system hanging bugs, which a FreeBSD committer and a friend of mine, Christian Perron, helped work out. We're really uh, appreciative of that work. But I owe a lot to the BSDs in general. Not only has it made my career, essentially, but I've pigeonholed myself into using Unixes, and I know nothing about Microsoft stuff, and it doesn't bother me. That just attests to how great Open and FreeBSD are in the real world. Linux is great, it's supported everywhere, but you just can't keep it all in your head. One of the things that is important to me, and the reason why I choose OpenBSD a lot of the times, is that out of the box, it's simple, it's approachable, and the documentation's fantastic. Usually, most of the problems I have are just configuration issues, and they're resolved 90% of the time in the documentation, and the other 10% of the time, Google. And I imagine that, you know, given the amount of information that you're pushing around and the fact that you're really going to be stressing things to their max and hitting a lot of those corner cases that people might not expect, as a business, you are going to need a lot of support from the, quote, vendor. And in this case, you've chosen what a lot of businesses might feel would be a risky path, that you're going with operating systems that aren't supported by anyone. Obviously, you know, you've had a different experience than that. And you know, how has that been working with the developers you know, as a commercial business, just having to seek support through, I guess, these internet channels? Well, the way we sold it internally was that while support is hard to get, support is hard to get and expensive for all products. With the FreeBSD and OpenBSD open source stuff, we get essentially, we get a white box instead of a big giant black one. I hate black boxes with a passion. Just the ability to stick a screwdriver into something, even to find out what's making some noise, to me, is a hundred times more valuable than a support contract from a large vendor. And when we hit the corner cases, and when we get, you know, our file server is down for a certain period of time, being able to probe in to the nitty-gritty, looking up stack traces and debug stuff, the ability to get that information and to get it to someone that can actually understand it, it counteracts the, we can't pay someone to do this. And for the most part, the developers that I've talked to and worked with, they've all been extremely helpful and more than willing to give me a hand, even pointing out, oh, maybe you might want to bump this as control to avoid this panic. In the Windows world, I usually have to pay someone to tell me these things. So I wouldn't trade this for any operating system for pay or not. How far up in the company are people aware of BSD being used? I'd say all the way to senior management. Part of getting BSD into Frantic Films was basically when we when I started out uh, about five years ago we had severe uptime issues machines would just die um, we'd have work stoppages which would cost thousands of hours of labor and it was a real nightmare 
as I worked at Frantic, we replaced machines in in part, slowly, over time, and performance and reliability just shot through the roof. And senior management took a liking to this new reliable network, and they even quoted to their clients that, you know, we use open source technologies, the BSDs they call them. They call everything BSD, whether it's free or open. And it's really hard to get them to choose the specific one because I'm pretty pedantic, but the fact that they're talking to clients and telling them we use BSD is fantastic. Obviously, you're using it at work. Are you also using it at home, maybe on your desktops? I use one laptop personally, and that's uh, OS ten. I don't have to futz with the pretty stuff, which is good enough for me. I, at home, have a couple Soakers boxes that I use to play around, uh, an OpenBSD dedicated laptop that I can mess with wireless, and pretty much anything I want to try out. As for other applications, a friend of mine, who's also my boss, collects a lot of old and weird architectures. For instance, like PA Risk and SGI and Sparks. So I've had a lot of fun trying to get OpenBSD running on pretty much everything that he can throw at me. And aside from one sunbox, we've had a lot of success. And are there any upcoming features to any of the BSDs that you've heard about here at this conference that you're excited to implement in the future? Uh, not so much a feature of the individual projects, but I'm really interested in NetFlow. We've seen some issues with some really high-volume data transfers internally, and since we use a lot of Samba traffic, I'd like to find out where the bottlenecks are, and NetFlow looks like it'll solve, or at least help me poke into that problem. And NetFlow is currently maintained, or the SoftFlowD is currently maintained by Damien Miller, who is of OpenBSD. So I'm sure there'll be a lot of fun there. All right, well, are there any other topics that you wanted to talk about today? One of the things that I found is that a lot of BSD users want to contribute to various projects, and they want to find out how. In OpenBSD, the standard response is donate. In FreeBSD, the standard response is talk. But we can go beyond that. A while back when Jose stopped running on Deadly.org, Daniel picked it up and started on Deadly and called out for editors, and I joined up. And it's been an interesting few years, but since I'm not committing code, um, what I can do is write stories, you know, share my experiences, show people how they can use, in this case, OpenBSD to replace large, expensive vendor packages with a very tiny OpenBSD and PF-based firewalls or uh, Socrus boxes to monitor various sensors. Pretty much anything you're working on, someone else is probably interested in. So one thing that we would like to see more of in Undeadly is what users are using OpenBSD for. It's a perfect way to start contributing to the community. Now, story ideas can be anything from, you know, I use DHCP on my VLANs, or I just figured out how to use PF to do some weird Binat stuff. Odds are other people are also wanting to know these things, and you go through the lists like MISC, and there are people with questions all the time, and if you can solve them, you know, write up a five five-line text file saying, I did this, this is how I configured it, and send it in, and we'll publish it, and help you flesh it out. I can't stress more that you really get out of the BSDs what you put in, so if you can't contribute code, you can do other things like help the other users. One of the things that 
I found when talking to people here at BSD Can and in previous years is that they find the OpenBSD community to be pretty hostile. And while that can be true, it all goes back to you get what you put in. If you're messaging lists or just asking and asking and asking and not really contributing in any way, not just you know donations, which are very important to the project, or code, there's also the other forms of contribution, like helping other people, providing access to hardware. There's all kinds of contributions that can be made, and when you contribute, you not only reduce the hostility, I guess, but you're helping to make the project better. Well, thank you so much for taking some time out of your day. No problem. Now it's time for us to head out and attend the last social event of the convention. Thank you very much. All right, thank you. If you'd like to leave comments on the website or reach the show archives, you can find them at bsdtalk.blogspot.com. And if you'd like to send me an email, you can reach me at bitgeist at yahoo.com. That's B-I-T-G-E-I-S-T at yahoo.com. Thank you for listening. This has been BSD Talk number 151.